Praise the Lord, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Narda Goodson Ministries Teleconference. I am Narda Goodson, your host, and tonight I have a powerful word again from the Lord, and as always, I believe that this word will transform your life if you apply the principles of God's word through faith and obedience. You know, I pray that you take advantage of these weekly teachings and embrace them as the Father's way of uh, privately tutoring you, so to speak, you know, where, where the Holy Spirit is personally engaging you, instructing you, guiding and teaching, but also exposing and uprooting the weeds and those things that can easily creep into the garden of our hearts to keep us from becoming fruitful and productive. Amen. Because while he's doing a work within us, he is also watering and he's strengthening that which already exists within us so that we can grow healthy and balanced and strong in the Lord. Amen. Okay, so last week I ended with Matthew's chapter 5 and verse 14. And thus I will pick up in Matthew's 5. 14. Now, I want you to stay with me to the end because we're in lecture mode, and this is not just um, a microwaved dish that I just pop in the oven to, to feed God's people. I spend time in God's Word, and I'm telling you, there's some meat in here, and there's some things that are probably going to make us cringe a bit, um, but if we say we want to be used by God, then we have to remain open and pliable so that He can use us. Amen. So Matthew 5 and verse 14 reads, reads, For you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they set it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works before men and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Gracious Father, here we are once again. Only you alone are worthy of glory and honor. Father, I refuse to move without you. I refuse to speak without your anointing and your holy presence. I ask that you touch these lips of clay. Speak, Lord, for I am your vessel. Let your glory Fill this broadcast. Permeate this broadcast with your presence, God. Fill the hearts of your people who have come. Quench those who are thirsty. Fill those who are hungry. For everyone under the sound of my voice, whether on the live or on the replay, is special to you, God, and you love them. And you have a plan that you want to unveil to them. You've got work for us to do, my God. And, and this is why you have called this special moment in time, so that we can gather to hear what you have to say to us. Expose your heart and your mind to us, Father, so that we can be changed and transformed by the renewing of our minds. I ask that you shatter our ignorance with your knowledge, destroy our ideologies, tear down our theories, my God, and eradicate our uh, vain religion. Do it with your wisdom, God, and fill us with your truth that will permanently change us. Now I ask that you respond to those who have been crying out to you, God. Touch your people. Touch us, oh God. And, and I pray that not one millisecond of this broadcast will be wasted. Father, I submit myself to your lordship. Holy Spirit, teach us. Reveal yourself to us through your word. Give us understanding. Give us knowledge in this word tonight. 
God, let wisdom be multiplied and, and let it blanket over us like a shield to protect that knowledge from abuse and from being stolen by the enemy. Holy Spirit, seal this word in our hearts tonight as we give ourselves to you. In Yeshua's name, the name that is above every name, hallelujah, let the people of God say amen and amen. In tonight's teaching, I want to talk about light. But first, let me, let me um, be exceptionally clear that there is only one true light, amen? And that light is Yeshua. In John 8 and verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people, and he said to them, I am the way, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. We have different types of life, uh, sorry, lights that we use uh, in our world today. And when I say different, I'm referring to the kind of lights that, you know, we use for domestic, um, mechanical, and geographical purposes. We have lights on our cars that help us see the road through the darkness. We have lights in our homes, in our bedrooms, in our bathrooms. We have them in ovens, uh, flashlights. Um, we even have them on our phones. Just about everywhere in our home, right, there is some type of light that helps us to see and navigate when the day has become darkened by the night. We have lights in back roads, in parking lots, and on the highways. On just about every corner or boulevard of every city, you will find some type of light. Even in the heavens, we have light. We have the greater light, the sun that rules by day, and then we have the lesser light, the moon and the stars that rule by night. In fact, the very first time that we read about light in scriptures, it is in the very beginning, in the reshit, in the order or rank of creation. In Genesis 1 and verse 3, he commanded light to appear on the very first day before he added the light of the sun, moon, and stars on the fourth day in verses 14 through 19. The Bible says in verse 3 of Genesis chapter 1 that God said, let there be light, and it was. And in verse 4, and God saw the light, that it was what? It was good. Now, let me add that before God did anything on the earth, he speaks light into existence and divides the light from the darkness. And so now the darkness that was, you know, hoovering, that was uh, over the face, the surface of the deep is divided. It's separated by the light. Okay? And at this time, I'll go a bit deeper later in the message with this. But so, so we have the different types of light, okay, that we use in the earth. And then we have the lights in the heaven, heavens. And thirdly, we even have light out in the sea. Now, the kind of light in the sea, I think we all know what that's called, is called a what? A lighthouse. And this is the type of light I would like to elaborate and reflect upon tonight. So what is a lighthouse? A lighthouse is a tower with bright light at the top called a beacon. And it is strategically located at important or dangerous places regarding navigation. The beacon is used by sailors to help guide their ships at night. The two main purposes of a lighthouse 
are to serve as a navigational aid and to warn boats or ships of dangerous areas. The beacon of the light basically serves like a traffic sign, okay, on the sea. I'm a visual person by nature, and because I am, I can be a bit wordy, but that's intentional. I often write and speak in a way to, to help draw that mental picture for the reader or the listener. And in this way, it helps prevent any misunderstanding or confusion of the message I am attempting to deliver. And, and with enough synonyms and descriptions, I believe it helps to remove any ambiguity and any obscurity so that the message intended is delivered with clarity and precision. Okay? So let somebody say amen. I won't hear you, but you can say where you're at. Okay? Okay. So, but occasionally, you know, there, there is that hit and miss. But we're believing that we're going to hit our target tonight. Amen? No misses. Hallelujah. Now, for the sake of bringing this teaching to life, let's get a little dramatic here, okay? We have two objects of discussion, um, really three but because we have the light. But for now, let's just divert our attention to the lighthouse and the ship. Now, respectfully, each, each of these has its own uniqueness. It has its own function, and it has, you know, specific features because of the virtue of his purpose, right? So we've got a ship out on the sea. And this ship is on a course. And he uses an apparatus called a compass that helps him navigate his destination. So he's really got to be paying attention because he's not a dinghy or a small motorboat where he can just whip his vehicle around, you know, and circumvent obstacles and make quick turns and like lottie dotty, you know, just show off. You know, you see the you see it at the beach all the time where the guys, you know, they get into their little um uh motorboats and, you know, they just start to, to show off. Because only children show off toys, okay? But this is a ship. And a ship is a large vessel. So it has to exercise precaution. It has to maintain safe speed because it's responsible for its crew and its cargo. Now, this ship is sailing along life's way. But just before he reaches his destination, he has to get, you know, he, he has to get to the harbor, okay? And so from a distance, now depending on weather conditions, he may or may not This is important. He may or may not be able to see the effects of the lighthouse. Now, for whatever reason, this ship here that we're talking about, we're going to give him a name. We're going to call him Mr. Ship, okay? Mr. Ship has somewhat lost his way. Somehow he shifted off his navigational course, and it could be, you know, because of the storm. It could be because of the wind, uh, fog, or or it could be because he failed to maintain his focus. So it could be for various reasons, okay? But this ship here, while he is supposed to be heading for the harbor, he's finding himself heading straight for the lighthouse instead. So what does he do? He yells to the lighthouse, hey, you, Mr. Ship, look, I'm coming in your direction, and I need you to move out of my way. Now, this may appear ridiculous and may appear, you know, or sound funny, but I'm going somewhere with this, so please stay with me, okay? Because you know what? Life can be just like that, just like the ship. The winds of life can sometimes take us off our godly course. And the next thing you know, you're embarking up upon something that appears to be in your way. You have found yourself running into something that just won't 
move. What I'm about to disclose to you is going to have a spiritual implication that's going to enhance, educate, and empower your life if you catch it in the spirit. So let's take out our spiritual nets, amen, and be ready to catch these initiatives of God because we're going to catch some nuggets tonight, amen? So let's get back to the ship, okay. So the ship, okay, he's yelling at the lighthouse to move out the way. And, you know, he even has the nerve to threaten the, 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 the lighthouse. He's telling him, look, you're going to get, ba- you're going to get bulldozed. Now, the ship's navigator, the helmsman, should have enough common sense to know that if he doesn't quickly charge his course and turn that ship accordingly, he is going to crash into the lighthouse. The very thing that is supposed to be working in sync with him, right, he's about to inflict damage on it. And it's going to be disastrous if it happens. Not only disastrous for the ship, but for the entire crew that is on the ship and the valuable treasures it carries. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. So what is the lighthouse to do? How is the lighthouse to respond? Now, the lighthouse doesn't need validation or affirmation of who he is, okay? He is clear on his function and why he exists. The lighthouse serves and stands as a pillar. The lighthouse understands its position. You know, he's been here for a long time and he's seen some things, okay? So he knows his purpose. So he begins to tell Mr. Ship, look, Mr. Ship, I've been uniquely created and I am engineered a specific way. But, you know, I hate to tell you this, buddy, but, but I'm not moving. And it's not because I dislike you, but because I cannot move. In fact, in fact, listen, you may not even know this, but I have no feet. I am rooted and grounded in this place. My creator planted me with an immovable foundation with no feet so that even if I wanted to move, I am unable to. God has called you to be a lighthouse. He has called each and every one of us to lead the way to righteousness and salvation through Yeshua. I love how Daniel 12 and verse 3 describes it. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those that lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Don't you want your way to please the Father? Don't you want your light to point to righteousness? So Mr. Lighthouse, okay, he gives Mr. Ship instructions on what he must do to avert the chaos. But the ship is bent on having his own way and won't change. As kingdom citizens, we must respond like the lighthouse. We've got to take the position of the lighthouse and man the station. Hold the post. For the believer, the fight we know is not flesh and blood but it's spiritual. So don't take it personal. Okay, we, you know, this, we, I'm talking to, to seasoned saints now, okay, because you cannot take it personal. Some people will, when, when they fight you on the outside and on the inside, they'll fight you for standing and speaking for truth, for standing for truth. We must know our purpose and without hesitation and trepidations, do what lighthouses were created to do. Just stand and point the way. Point the way through the darkness, point the way through the thick fog, point the way through the mist, and point the way through the storm. When you accept 
that you are an ambassador of God's kingdom. You become, listen to this, you become an agent of change on the earth. I'm going to repeat that. When you accept that you are an ambassador of God's kingdom, an ambassador represents another kingdom, you become an agent of change on the earth. Because just like the light that Elohim, God, spoke into being in verse 3 of Genesis chapter 1, the light that you carry within you brings about that very change in the atmosphere around you. It is what separates the dark from the light. In the lighthouse experience, you're going to encounter many types of ships navigating along life's way. And these ships, not all, but some of them, are going to attempt to bully you, to uproot you from where God has planted you. They'll use negative words. They'll use slander, intimidation, gossip, and all types and kinds of demonic whisperings and threats, anything they can to get you to come down from off that wall. But guess what? Nothing they say or do can change what you were created to be. Nothing they say will change the purpose of the lighthouse. Nothing they do, even if they crash into it, won't move that lighthouse. Why? Because that which has been planted by God shall stand. Hallelujah. You see, beloved, your purpose, just like the lighthouse, cannot be altered. The lighthouse was manufactured to work for a specific purpose, and it is to shine the light. Now let's talk about the ship. Because sometimes we're lighthouse. I mean, we're always a lighthouse, you know, but sometimes we're a ship. We're carrying this cargo. We're carrying, you know, on our vessel, we're carrying life. We're, we're, we're leading people, okay? So I want to talk about the ship. A helm or a helmsman are members of a ship's crew. And these people, you know, they work hard, and they, and they work on the highest rank of the operational level of the vessel. And their duties can vary. You know, they, they're mainly concerned with the operation and upkeep of the deck department areas, the engine, and, and, and some of the other equipment, as well as the steering of the ship as the main task. So I'm talking right now to people who are leaders and have a platform of, of influence. The lighthouse that is shining, now listen to this, the lighthouse that is shining is not responsible for the catastrophes that occur out at sea. A helmsman's responsibility is to maintain a steady course, properly execute orders, and he has to communicate to the officer on bridge in relation to the ship's direction and steering. The only time a lighthouse is responsible for shipwrecks is when it has failed to provide light. I'm going to repeat that. The only time the lighthouse is responsible for shipwrecks is when it has failed to provide light. Now I'm going to ask you to uh, stick a pin here because I want to take a moment at this juncture and I want to share a story that I found when I was, um, you know, thinking about ships. And I, um, this story is taken from the Irish Examiner whose headlines read, Lamentably deficient lighting. Doomed ships off our coast, but led to a proper system of lighthouses. And this is by Robert Hume. On Monday, 
October 18, 1847, a large, elegant sailing ship, the Stephen Whitney, named as a wealthy American merchant, left New York for Liverpool by way of Cork. And one of its three regular, on one of its three regular annual voyages, on board were 76 passengers, a crew of 34, and a cargo which included corn, cotton, cheese, resin, and 20 boxes of cloth. For the first 23 days of the voyage, nothing untoward occurred. But all this was to change when the Red Star Line packet ship approached Ireland's perilous south coast. As the ship rounded Mizen Head on Wednesday, November the 10th, the weather became hazy and the wind strengthened. When the haze turned into a thick fog, Captain W. Popham from Cork was unable to make out the glow of the Cape Clear light high above them. Believing that he was already at the old head of Kinsale when he was in reality still at Rowhead Crookhaven, he began steering towards what he thought was Cork Harbor. At dinner, passengers congratulated officers on a safe journey in difficult weather. All were looking forward to meeting friends and relatives. According to the court constitution, many had emigrated from Ireland during the winter famine of 1846, but being disappointed in their hopes of settling in America, were returning home. Just before 10 o'clock, the wind reached gale force. A cry went out, breakers ahead. Suddenly, there was a tremendous crash as the ship's stern struck the western tip of Calf Island near Skull. Recalling from the original impact, she then smashed broadside against the rocks. After the vessel struck a third time, it was left shaking like a reed. All on board were stupefied with horror and abasement, declared Cork Examiner. It was evident the ill-fated ship was doomed. In less than 10 minutes, 92 passengers and crew, and crew were hurled into eternity. One of the crew attributed the accident to the lamentably deficient state of lighting, which had led to so many shipwrecks. At Cape Clear, the light was too, listen to this, high above sea level to be useful and was often obscured by mist and fog. The year 1847 was a bad one for shipwrecks. There were five others off the Cork coast, but it was by no means exceptional. In 1867, no fewer than 28 ships went down. But it was the wreck of the Stephen Whitney that resulted in a particularly high loss of life and highlighted the need for change. Responsibility for lighthouses, lightships, buoys, and beacons around the coast of Ireland was then entrusted that same year to the Commissioner of Irish Lights. Its remit was to provide aid to navigation, which ensured the safety of life and property at sea. People of God, we are lighthouses. We are help here to help and guide those who carry the valuable treasures of the Lord upon their vessels. And with that comes a great responsibility. First of all, it is impossible to see anything at all in total darkness. Total darkness is a result of the absence of light. So in a nutshell, without light, there is no sight, okay? 
John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Now here is where we run into obstacles. Okay, so put your seatbelt on here. And without the clearance of the clearance, the insight and leading of the Holy Spirit, we can be blinded and live without understanding. The scripture says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. The Bible also refers uh, references in Second uh, Timothy three seven about always learning. You know, we're always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Listen, friends, we are being sent among wolves, and we need to be sharp. Jesus, what, what did uh, Yeshua say? He said, be harm, uh, wise as serpent, for harmless as dove." We need to be able to differentiate between the false from the authentic and stop falling and following in just everything and eating from everybody's plate, spiritual plate. This is how we get spiritually sick and contaminated. Now, how do we do this? By studying and spending time with the, with the authentic one. God has people on the field who are sent while there's just some who just went, okay? And the ones who just got up and went in Acts 15:24 were causing confusion among the believers so that people were deserting the Lord and turning to a different gospel. So in, in the book of Galatians chapter 1, after Paul greets the church of Galatia, he begins to, to, to reprimand those who are being, being affected by this other gospel. So listen, it is possible for leaders to be blind. Listen to me. It is possible for leaders to be blind. In Matthew 15, verse 14, Yeshua said, but if the blind lead, so see, the blind lead. But if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into the ditch. So it's possible for good people, sincere people, people who have a desire to, you know, to learn of God, to be following someone who is blind. But because they are blind, they cannot detect to see that the ones they are following are blind too. Okay. Okay, so, so the enemy's goal is to divide and conquer. But we know that when the saints begin to pray, when they get on one accord, it opens heaven's portals for the anointing and the power of God to bring change, to bring the change needed within the lives of his people. Second Timothy 4 and verse 3 says, Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and encourage, encourage with every form of patient instruction. From the time, for the time will come when men will not tolerate sound doctrine. Isn't that us today? But with itching ears, they will gather around themselves teachers to suit their own desires. So they will turn their ears, listen to this now, away from the truth and turn aside to muthos, to myths, false accounts posing to be true. But he says, now, you, you be sober in all things. Endure hardships. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Each and every one of us have a ministry. Okay, so, so now 
this is where it is going to be, get a little bit more uncomfortable. You see, darkness is what will keep the believer from growing. Spiritual cataracts will cause you to walk blindly. But because light, God's light, has come, it is going to dispel darkness. It is going to expose where it may be living and hiding even in our own lives. And so when we begin to speak and bring words of correction to the body, when we take the position like the lighthouse, the darkness takes it and will even rebel against it. But you are a lighthouse. And what is your responsibility? It is to shine the light. We need to stop coddling people that God is maturing. Some of us do God a disservice, and we stump people's growth when we try to soothe what God is sifting and uprooting within them. There are things in our lives that he will sit down, shut down, and if we rebel, listen, he will slap down, ask Saul before he became Paul. He was knocked off his high horse. And just like I read to you in the Irish Examiner article, the accident was attributed to the lamentably deficient state of lighting. The light at Cape Clear was too high above sea level to be useful. Imagine that. You've got light, but it's so, you ever heard that term, uh, you're so heavenly minded, you know, earthly good? It's like, you know, it, it was shining, but it, it, it wasn't illuminating. It wasn't directing and guiding and providing the help and, and assistance where it was needed. And so it was obscured by the mist and the fog. So, so the, the, you know, the sailors, the ship couldn't see it. Hear me. Like last week's teaching, God is still speaking. And he is speaking because he loves us. When we're in kindergarten, it is expected for our teachers to coddle us like babies, right, because of the nature of our age. But if you are in your college season, and you're having tantrums and meltdowns because the professor spoke hard to you, listen, people of God, then you really aren't ready for the real world just yet. And you might just have to go back and repeat a couple of grades. First Corinthians thirteen eleven says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, when I became a woman, I put away childish things. Friends, it's time to mature in the things of God. It really is. We've got to put the toys away. You see, God has a curriculum specifically designed for each of us. We all grow at different rates. We meet people where they are, but we never leave them the same. You may choose to drop the class because now that you're in it, you decide that you don't like it or because it's too hard, it's not what you expected, it's too stressful, or simply because you don't like the professor. Have you ever had a teacher or professor that you just didn't like? But, you, but guess what? <laughs> we can change professors. But what happens when the professor is the only one in the college teaching that subject so that you cannot drop the class or you cannot drop the professor because you have to have this class? Here's a little uh, spiritual wisdom tip. You may not like the professor, but the professor has something you need. The professor has an advantage on you. He has been where you are, but you have not been where he is. The professor has an advantage on you. He has been what? Where you are, but you have not been where he is. You are striving to get where he is. That's why you're taking the class, right? You need this class to add to your credit. 
Because in order to, to graduate, in order to get your diploma, you need this certificate or something that indicates that you have taken this class and passed, which will qualify you for your next phase in your journey. Listen, people of God, for what God is preparing us for, it is going to take discipline, tenacity, determination, a love for God and his word to change us even when it is painfully hard. We must have a strong resolve to get past uh, self because after you have fought everybody on the outside and you have fought everybody on the inside, there is one last person who will be your greatest opposition. And do you know who that is? You, self. And because we are being sent among wolves, we've got to be able to develop our spiritual senses and learn to cultivate them accordingly because it is what the Holy Spirit uses in kingdom warfare strategies. People of God, listen to me. If we cannot hear, then we cannot see. And if we cannot see, then we cannot lead. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, I will stand upon the watch, my watch, to hear what he shall speak when I am reproved. What does the word reproved mean? Means It means when I am corrected. God is watching to see how we will respond to correction. There will be some courses and subjects in, in God's curriculum that we'll need under our belt. And, and guess what? These aren't electives either. You don't get to choose, like, you know, I want to take this class. I want to take um, home um, economics. I want to take – No. There are these, these are courses, and they're, they're mandatory. We must allow the Holy Spirit to uproot from time to time that which has been seeded within us that is uncomely and unprofitable, unprofitable, unproductive, unfit, and we must not fight against it like children. The Scripture says, lie not against the truth. You see, God isn't raising kingdom black. He is raising a strong, secured, seasoned, sanctified army who will bear the weight, the brunt, and use their shoulders to push back the darkness. Those who will influence the world, those who will impact the world, not the other way around, not that the world will influence them and be seduced by it. Even though Saul was persecuting the church, God loved him and had great plans for his life. But it was not before knocking him off his high horse, physically blinding him, and then placing him on a path called what? Straight. Now, you can't make this stuff up. He knocks him off his high horse. He physically blinds him and then places him on this street and says, you know, <laughs> there's a street named Straight. And see, God wants to set us straight tonight. There are things that he wants to align and straighten in our lives before he sends us out there, because if he sends us out there too soon, if he sends us out there while we're still broken, we'll just create a bigger mess. I know that many of us listening tonight, we want to be used by the Father. That's good. There's nothing wrong with desiring it. But before God will use us, beloved, he will first process us through a preparation period called the molding and breaking, and it is painful. But hear me well. When he sees that we are ready, he will then break us like bread, okay, and then serve us on a platter to the world because he is the bread of life, and that life is the light of men. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to his people. 
Once again, Father, I have delivered your word to your people. I have obeyed your voice. Now, Lord, sanctify them through your truth, for thy word is truth. Let your word continue to fall on good ground so that we can produce more fruit. Let our hearts remain pliable and soft so that you can work in us. We won't fight you any longer, Lord. Break us, mold us, make us. Create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within us, God, because we want to reflect your light to the glory and honor of your name. I don't ever want to close this program without extending an invitation to pray for anyone who wants to be reconciled to God the Father. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Friend, tomorrow is not promised to anyone, any of us. Our sins, our, our rebellion against God is what keeps us separated from him. But Yeshua said, I am the door to the Father. No man comes to the Father except through me. Salvation is a gift, and it is made available to anyone who repents, believes and confesses that Yeshua is Lord, and that he died and rose from the dead to save mankind. This gift, you cannot buy it. You cannot earn any good by, with good deeds. You, you cannot even earn it by just simply being good. It is, a, it is a matter of faith and trust in a loving Savior. If that's you tonight and you're on the line, if you would like to receive Yeshua into your heart, I'm going to pray, pray this prayer, and I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of your Son, Yeshua. Your word says, Whosoever shall fall on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I am calling on you right here and right now. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Wash and cleanse me in your blood. I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord over my life. And according to your word, I now confess with my mouth the Lord Yeshua and believe in my heart that you have raised him from the dead. I confess and declare that Yeshua is Lord of my life. I thank you for the gift of salvation through the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. And by faith, I now receive this gift of eternal life. In Yeshua's name, I am saved. Amen. Amen. If you have prayed this prayer, I want to welcome you to the family of God. This is the beginning of a new journey, a new you. Amen. And we, we want to connect with you. We want to connect with you. So please use the contact links on our social media pages or website at nardagutson.com to let us know your testimony and how this ministry has impacted your life. To learn more, please visit www.nardagutson.com. Thank you for tuning in to Nardi Goodson Ministries Teleconference. I am Nardi Goodson, your host. Be sure to tune in next week at 9, 9 p.m. Central Time for another powerful, life-changing, burden-removing, yoke-destroying, anointed Word of God, where Yeshua is Lord and of His kingdom there shall be no end. Good night. <laughs>